welcome to the School of Laughs podcast, brought to you by SchoolofLaughs.com. Whether you're an aspiring comedian, a part-time pro, or a speaker who wants to become funnier, this is the podcast for you. We'll break down tools, tips, and techniques to help you get bigger, better, and more bookable. And now, here's the show. Welcome to the School of Laughs podcast. Rick Roberts here, and I'm excited for you to hear today's guest, Aaron Sorrells, the unemployed alcoholic. Uh, Aaron shares some insight and details about how he got his life under control after being out of control for quite a while with alcohol and how he's turned his focus from the bottle to the microphone and to serving God with his comedy through recovery comedy. Very interesting conversation today with a lot of helpful tips and insights along the way. I think you're going to dig it. I do want to take just a second and thank our Patreon sponsors for this episode. This week, our Patreon sponsor is Alan Michael Harbor. Thank you, Alan, again for supporting this podcast. Uh, Alan and I emailed back and forth a few times last week, and he shared some other podcasts that he enjoys listening to, and I shared a couple of mine with him. If if you want to know what those are, just real quickly, uh, there's a podcast called Let's Talk About Sets, which goes into the details behind how comedians construct their sets. He mentioned that one. I like to listen to Good One. It's a podcast that does similar things where they break down jokes, and usually the comics that they break down the jokes from are a little more well-known. So if you have a favorite comic, you might look through their episode archive to see if they're on there. And then aside from comedy, if you like just breaking down like structure of art, I like to listen to one about uh, songs called Song Exploder, where they take track by track and instrument by instrument why an artist chose these different sounds and form the lyrics to create songs. So if you like creativity, those are three that you can check out. Let's talk about sets, good one, and song exploder. Enough about those other podcasts, though. Let's get into today's interview with Aaron Sorrells, the unemployed alcoholic. Hey, Aaron, how's it going, buddy? Hey, uh, it's going pretty well, Rick. Uh, Thanks for having me on. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing good. And uh, the people listening don't know this, but we were going to meet up in Grand Rapids, Michigan to record this podcast. And I actually was booked in Grand Rapids, Minnesota and didn't realize it till about a week out. So thank you for making me look harder at my schedule and uh, making this happen before I got caught up in one of the worst travel snafus in American comedy history. <laughs> yeah, well, whatever I can do to help, you know. Oh, it would have been a mess. Well, there's so many things I want to talk to you about today. Uh, I think the best place to start is where I met you, how I met you, and what you were doing that first time that I met you. You want to kind of set the stage for that for our listeners to kind of start where we started? I I think I need to actually go back a little bit further than that. Sure. um, Just to make the context around that uh, make sense. But yeah, I'm, as you know, Rick, I'm, I'm known now as the unemployed alcoholic. Um, and I do comedy and do some speaking uh, engagements and and basically all of that with the mission to help people laugh while highlighting recovery from a Christian perspective. And the way that all came about was, uh, well, actually through some kind of painful stuff. Um, when I was in fifth grade, I first was exposed to alcohol. And uh, then by the time I was in seventh grade, um, alcohol was a big part of my identity and I carried that through pretty much my whole life. And, 
And then I got to a point in my early 40s where um, I knew that if I didn't change around uh, my relationship with alcohol, I was going to end up losing everything that uh, was valuable. Um, I was showing signs of of, uh, health problems, uh, certainly signs of relationship problems, financial problems. My career was suffering a little bit, and uh, I was on track to lose everything if I didn't make a change. So what I did is... uh, I left a good job and decided to throw myself back into recovery, uh, throw myself back into a, a good, solid church home setting and start rebuilding my relationships with my wife, rebuilding the relationship uh, with myself and with God. And uh thought that might take a, a couple of weeks and then I'd be ready to get back to work. But uh, that is not how that worked out. <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't really work that quickly either, does it? That's true. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of weeks of unemployment uh, turned to a couple of months and then three months, six months, nine months, and ultimately over a year of unemployment. And uh, that was a really painful time. Um, I knocked on a lot of doors, uh, all of which closed. Um, I was overqualified or underqualified or most commonly I was just flat out ignored. And, and it was a painful time, um, but it was also a time of growth. It was also a time of self-discovery. And, uh, and a time of a lot of blessings and good things. Uh, in, in fact, one day, my wife and I, we were walking around downtown Grand Rapids, and uh, we were just laughing together. In the midst of uh, some uncomfortable times, we were laughing. And uh, it just struck me how powerful laughter was. And uh, at that point, I decided I wanted to try to do comedy. Um, and, and that led me to this. Uh, <laughs> this this mission that I've got now of helping people laugh while highlighting recovery and honoring God. Right. And that's, that's interesting that you were laughing around Grand Rapids because Grand Rapids is such a town built around comedy and laughter and, and using laughter for great things. So you were in a great city to start looking to do some comedy for sure. For sure. For sure. And in fact, that day, uh, what I did is I came back home and I, I looked up Laugh Fest. I was familiar with Laugh Fest. It's a big comedy festival that's right here in Grand Rapids. Rick, I know you performed at it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I checked out Laugh Fest to see if there was any opportunities to do comedy. Um, fortunately, it was the last day to apply for a spot in what they called their first timer showcase. Um, so I didn't have time to think about it. I just applied and said, okay, I'm doing it. And I was fortunate enough to get a spot. It was a wonderful spot. Dr. Grin's, which is the the biggest comedy location here in Grand Rapids on a Friday night, prime time, sold out crowd. Uh, That was my first comedy experience. Um, And and that, Rick, is, of course, where you and I met. Uh, I had uh, had put together my first attempt at doing comedy and ran through a little five-minute bit for my wife. Uh, in preparing for this first timer showcase, and in as polite of a way as possible, she said, "That's not very good." <laughs> she said, "It it needs to be a little bit more like comedy, <laughs> less talking, more funny." <laughs> Spouses can be so crystal clear uh, and helpful sometimes. Well, well, I'm fortunate to have that because had yeah. she had she tried to spare my feelings and told me, "Oh, that's great, honey." Um, I'd have probably got up and bombed, but she was honest with her feedback. And, and then I figured, Hey, I better learn how to do comedy. And 
the way that I, one of the biggest tools that I did to learn comedy was listening to your podcast, this podcast, School of Laughs. And so I started going back through the archives and listening to episode after episode after episode. And you unknowingly uh, taught me how to do comedy through no prior planning whatsoever. The night of my first time ever doing comedy, I'm standing in the back of the room, very nervous. And this guy walks right up to me wearing a name tag that says Rick Roberts. <laughs> you want to take it from there and share your perspective of that, of that encounter? Yeah. So I just walked in. I was, I was doing the, uh, the clean comedy showcase that year and I got in a day early if I remember right. So I could do media the next morning and they had this, uh, first timer showcase going on. No, I guess it was after my shows were over, whatever the case was, I walked into where you were at and, uh, you're like, Hey, you're Rick Roberts. And I'm like, Oh, this guy, this guy can read a name tag. I'm like, yeah, what's your name? <laughs> And you're like, no, I, I know, I know who you are. I'm like, no, nah, nobody knows who Rick Roberts is. And you're like, no, I've been listening to your podcast. And uh, hey, I'm gonna do comedy nights. It's my first time ever. And I'm like, what? How do you, how do you get on the show? And then the, I find out the whole show is for first timers. I'm like, wow. What? A, first off, what a great stage they set up for you guys to have a packed house and supportive people. And of course, everybody brought their friends to cheer them on for the most part. But the entire night, they were very supportive. And uh, I can't remember if you asked me for a tip or if I just forced one on you, but I said, just go up there, have fun. And it's better to stop short than to go long, especially the way the guy that was running that show that night was. He was brutal if you went a second over. Then you went up, had a great set. Crowd was behind you the entire way. And you ended on a high note. And if I remember right, you got off stage and said, you know, I, I had one more thing to tell him, but you said get off on a high note. So I did. Does that sound right? Yeah. Yeah. That was uh that was neat. And you had to, to tw twist that around. And from my perspective, you know, here, the person who taught me how to do comedy walks up with a name tag. Cause I wouldn't have recognized you. I didn't know what you looked like, <laughs> right? <laughs> but walks up with a name tag. And, and then we sat together before my set and you gave me a couple pointers. I went up, I had my set. And then after the set, you, uh, you gave me some very constructive feedback, all of which positive, uh, comments. Um, and, and it was just, uh, it was just really neat. Uh, it, actually, that was only uh, one of a couple of really neat uh, <laughs> things that that happened. Also, uh, Michael Jr., which uh, you're familiar with Michael Jr., right, Rick? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I had seen him uh, about six months prior with the Global Leadership Summit, uh, and he, he was performing there. And uh, I saw him do comedy with a purpose. And even though at that time it, it didn't really click, that had planted the seed to do comedy with this purpose of highlighting recovery from a Christian perspective. And uh, and then a week before my show, my first time ever doing comedy, Michael Jr. was in Grand Rapids uh, doing a show, and I ended up uh, being the guy that picked him up from the hotel and driving him uh, to the show. So we, here, here within the week before my first time ever doing comedy, I got to meet and interact with and spend some decent time with uh, the two people that had really influenced uh, me to get into comedy. It was just so neat after a year of every door closing, all of a sudden having these doors just fly open and these opportunities come up. It was really cool. That is awesome. It's nice when God puts people around you and in your path and uh, you take advantage of those, those connections and, and just the opportunities that he presents, you know, and especially after what you'd gone through and trying to get your life back together and reset and step away from alcohol, 
it's nice to have some solid anchors, you know, in that journey, getting you started, I'd imagine. For sure. For sure. And, uh, yeah, sobriety and recovery has been a big part of this journey, um, which is kind of interesting because especially in the open mic scene, um, Rick, I spent a lot of time in the bars. Sure. I'm in the bars probably more now than I was when I was drinking. Yeah. And let me, let me ask you about that a little bit because, you know, I, I do get a lot of emails and, and questions from people who either work clean so they don't want to be at a late night bar or, you know, they are stepping away from the life full of alcohol or they're trying to tone it down or they're at least trying to put themselves around people who take care of themselves a little bit better overall. And the stage time, nine times out of ten, is in the bar somewhere. And even the Christian comedians that I'm around all the time, some of them won't even step their foot in there. And it's you know, that is a mission field in a way for comedians to speak to other comedians. I know when I was in the bars and comedy clubs full time, there was never one comic ever who, you know, took me aside and said, hey, uh, I'm going to church on Sunday or there's other options out there besides this. Not one. So, A, now's your chance to also give back or provide some light for some people that are in a dark place. But B, we can't ignore the place where stage time is either if we're going to work on our craft because God wants us to do everything with excellence. So how do you stay out of trouble and stay positive when you're workshopping your material in the bars? Well, um, the, probably the first thing to talk about there is that of uh, safety and relapse prevention. I would never encourage anybody to step foot into a place where they feel might have triggers for them and perhaps cause a relapse. I've been very fortunate in the fact that um, every time I've stepped into a bar with the idea of doing comedy, I've been on mission and on focus. I have been stepping in to help people laugh while highlighting recovery from a Christian perspective. And because of that, I really haven't had the desire to uh, to relapse or, or fall back in. I'm not saying that over the last couple of years, I've never had that because I have had that in other situations but I've never had that in the setting of me doing comedy in a bar. Um, It's just kind of like you said, it's a mission field, you know, but at the same time, I'm conscious of the social contract. You know, the, the folks that are there to hear me, they're not there to hear me preach. Um, If I were to walk in and walk around knocking drinks out of people's hands and hitting them over the head with the Bible, that would not be received well. But at the same time, everybody, uh, that who knows me on the county circuit knows that I'm a Christian. Um, they know that I approach them from a respectful and non-judgmental standpoint. Um, and if and when questions come up about faith and or about recovery, which they have come up with people, um, they know that I'm somebody that can have a conversation with them. That's great. And that's a, you know, that's a lifeline that really nobody offered me when I was doing club work uh, from the open mic days all the way through after I'd already done some church shows. I would, I had never bumped into a comic that was uh, open about his faith and uh, shared that with me. So it's a, it's a great thing you're doing by providing that wherever you show up. So let me ask you this too. So when, when people know that you're recovering, do they, do they make jokes about the alcohol off stage to you? Like, Hey, you want one of these things or is there any temptation or they, they tend to respect the fact that you're clearly focused and you're on a mission of your own? Um, it's, it's rare that somebody will 
like, um, like try to tempt me or anything like that much more often it goes the other side, you know, um, of course payment for open mics is often drink tokens. Right. Right. And, uh, yeah. And, and oftentimes, you know, the, the host who knows very much who I am and, and what I do, you know, will make a joke. Oh, well, I know you don't want one of these, you know, and, and stuff like that. And so, so it, it actually goes much more on the other side. Everybody knows that I'm a recovering alcoholic. And, um, and there is much there to support me as anybody else. Uh, you know, and you know, this, the, the community of comedians, it is a very tight knit, good group of people. The, the group of comedians, foul mouthed or not, the group of comedians are awesome people. When you're trying to get so many things started, I mean, trying to start comedy is a full-time focus, trying to maintain and re- and recover from alcohol is a full-time focus when you have those two big things on your plate and as well as with saving your marriage and and building those bonds back how do you approach what you spend time on and your expectations for advancement in all phases that you're looking at you know like i say comedy could take 24 hours a day seven days a week but how how have you put the expectations upon yourself to get better at each of those things it starts with a uh foundation in in Christ and identity, you know, my, I put at least as much effort into drinking as my identity as I do now into recovery and comedy put together. Mm-hmm. So by transitioning that identity, it's, uh, you know, that keeps me focused and, and on, on mission on point. That makes sense. The fact that my life got kind of out of control and I had to recenter turned into a huge blessing. Mm -hmm. Well, you've got a lot accomplished in, you know, just a little over a year here, 13, 14 months, as far as getting into comedy. What is, uh, what does this next year look like? You know, you've got some good momentum going, but like you say, you got to crawl, walk, and then run. Are you hoping to walk and start jogging or what's going on? I mean, looking ahead to this next year, the number one thing that I need to do is stay on mission. You know, I, I need to stay focused on the, my purpose here of helping people laugh while highlighting recovery from a Christian perspective. So as long as I've got that as the thing that I'm driving towards, um, that's going to help out a a great deal. Um, of course I need to continue in recovery. Um, you know, I'm, I'm almost two and a half years sober now from alcohol and, uh, you know, looking at, uh, you know, almost two and a half years sober from alcohol. You know, I'm not through the woods by any means. Uh, I need to make sure that I've got a good group of people around me that can support me through this journey. Um, and, and that I keep accountability and make sure that I'm pursuing recovery as, as a highest priority. Um, it, it, of course, the recovery that I'm involved with is uh, through Celebrate Recovery. And that's a Christ-centered recovery program uh, that is not just for alcohol or, or traditional drug addictions or anything like that. Um, about 60% of the people that are involved with that are there for other reasons altogether. It's, it's for people that are through any or dealing with any type of hurt or habit or hang-up. Um, so, again, keeping the Christ-centered recovery um, a priority in my life. Um, I am starting to walk now as I... As I look back over the last year of crawling, um, you know, people are coming to my website, which is cool. It's uh, 
theunemployedalcoholic.com, which <laughs> so that was actually available. So <laughs> yeah, got that. <laughs> yeah, so people are starting to come to my website, theunemployedalcoholic.com. Um, as people are coming, I'm I'm starting to build relationships with people. Um, I've created a thing called Noteworthy, where like once every great while, I'll send an email out to people uh, with just stuff that I find either entertaining or encouraging. Um, I want to be very cautious not to send send things out too often. But once once a month, once a quarter even, I'll send out an email with just some stuff that I've curated for people. Um, and that's that's an email connection. Uh, so and it helps build uh, relationships there. Uh, social media, of course, I'm I'm on there, and and that's a good way to connect with people. Um, comedy and speaking stuff. I'm, uh, you know, like I said, here in Grand Rapids, the the three to ten minute opportunities are very abundant. Um, but now I'm I'm looking. I I really. I have probably 45 minutes of comedy that I can do of that. Probably 20 minutes is really good. Right. <laughs> you know, isn't necessarily yet. It just takes a long time to develop good material, but I've got a solid 20 minutes of good material. If I'm talking about my story, I can do a solid 45 minutes to an hour, you know, interweaving comedy with, with my story. But, uh, you know, looking ahead, I want to find more comedy opportunities to do like 20 minute spots. I want to find more speaking opportunities to do 45 to 60 minute spots. Um, media interviews, uh, podcasts like this one. Uh, this is a great format to be able to, uh, connect with people and share what I'm doing and what I'm learning through it. Rick, you're now you're the former president of the <laughs> Christian, uh, Comedians Association, correct? Yeah, I, I served, uh, Two years as a president, two years as the VP, and now Jason Earls from the Dallas, Texas area has taken over. But the uh, Christian Comedy Association is a, a great, great uh, bunch of folks who are very supportive and love the craft of comedy as well. So are you going to attend the conference this year, you think? I am. I am. I've got my tickets. I've got my hotel booked. Um, I'm so looking forward to that. I think that's going to be a good opportunity to connect with Jason, see some of these faces um, live that I've connected with, uh, you know, online. Yeah, I think that's going to be a, a wonderful thing to do that. It should be great. And I just want to let people know if you're thinking about that or you don't know what that is, you can go to ChristianComedyAssociation.com and check out the information about the conference. It's in the Dallas, Texas area this year, June 2, 3, and 4. And it's just three days jam-packed full of uh, learning opportunities. Uh, we've got professional comics that have been doing it for 30-plus years, leading different workshops on crafting your material, all kinds of uh, different opportunities for you to get better at your craft, but also learn how to incorporate uh, God into your comedy in a way that's respectful and reflective of Christianity. And it's it's a, just a great time. It's my favorite. To me, it's almost like going to summer camp every year. It's just at the end of it, like I don't want, I don't want this thing to be over. You know, I want it to last another week or have this thing every week. It's such a powerful and energetic bunch of folks. So check that out, ChristianComedyAssociation.com, if you want to check into that. What else do you think you might try for this next year or go to or attend? Well, uh, of course, Laugh Fest just ended in March. It was uh, March seventh through the seventeenth, and this year or this past year, I was able to pull together a recovery showcase 
and six comedians that all had recovery stories came together and put on just a really great show. And it was a lot of fun. Um, but I met with uh, Laugh Fest this past week, and we talked about 2020. And 2020 is going to be a really cool year for Laugh Fest. It's the 10th year anniversary for Laugh Fest. It's the 20th year anniversary for Gilda's Club. And they've got big things in the works. And I, I can't uh, disclose any of the details yet because it's a ways away. But we're talking about uh, doing another show or possibly shows with the recovery focus and then another uh another show that uh, uh again i can't really share any of the details on it other than it's super exciting and cool awesome awesome and then any upcoming upcoming shows or anything if somebody's listening to this and they're in the michigan northern indiana area and they want to come out and see you do a show anything on the schedule that's open to the public yeah, yeah. Um, one thing that uh, I think would be of interest to any of your listeners that are in this area, um, my friend Brian Atkinson and I, who I mentioned earlier, uh, we've come together to start something called cleancomedytime.com. And we just uh, partnered with Dr. Grins here in Grand Rapids. And on Wednesday, June 12th, uh, we're going to do our first uh, Clean Comedy Time showcase. Uh, which which is going to be cool. And much like the recovery showcase that we did, this is going to be six comics that um, all want to come together and have some clean laughs uh, while still being very funny. And, uh, and I, I think it's going to be a wonderful thing. And I think it's also going to lay the groundwork to share that format uh, with other clubs and with other uh, people around the, around the country. So yep. Cleancomedytime.com is what we've, called that we've got our logo so we're official right there you go that's awesome let me uh, recap some of these uh, websites and things for people uh he just mentioned cleancomedytime.com that's a show at dr grins in grand rapids june 12th you can check out aaron at the unemployedalcoholic.com check out christian comedy association at christiancomedyassociation.com and of course schoolofLaughs.com for all kinds of information and past podcasts Aaron, it's been great catching up with you today. I know it's been, like I say, a, a pretty quick year since the first time you got up on stage, and that was pretty cool that we just bumped into each other the very first time you were headed up, and I got to watch you get into action right out of the gate. So uh, I'll be following what you're doing. I'm sure I'll have you on down the road as things progress and, and share what's going on. Thank you for taking the time today. Well, Rick, thank you so much for having me, and again, thank you for your mentorship and your guidance through this exciting journey. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Aaron Sorrells, the unemployed alcoholic, uh, really giving it a go just a year in. And again, I did get to see his first time. He did a great job uh, right out of the gate and has been keeping that momentum going. There's ups and downs, peaks and valleys for sure your first year, first several years. But Aaron's a level-headed guy who's going after it in a cool way. And also, if you're a Patreon supporter of the School of Laughs podcast, you are entitled to a bonus segment of this interview with Aaron where he goes into how he puts together his set list, uh, some apps that he uses to organize things and to make sure he doesn't repeat the same jokes to the same audiences, uh, different things he does to to get more out of his time. 
and it's very well worth listening to. So if you're a Patreon supporter, you can go ahead and log into Patreon, look at the post, and you'll see the episode uploaded right there, the bonus segment from this episode with Aaron Sorrells. Lastly, if you are out there in this country and you want to connect with me as I travel, I've got some dates across the country coming up where that might be able to happen. If you're in uh, Biloxi, Mississippi, or New Orleans, Marlins, as they say down there, I'll be in your neck of the woods coming up. Uh, Kansas City, all the way out to Lawrence, Kansas. Got some gigs coming up that way. Tehachapi, California, uh, just south of Bakersfield. I'll be in that area again pretty soon. Austin, Texas, that's coming up in May as well. And several opportunities to catch me at the Huckabee recordings here just north of Nashville, Tennessee, throughout the months of April and May as well. So if you live in any of those areas, feel free to shoot me an email, schoolofglass at gmail.com. We'll compare notes and schedules and see if we can meet up and hang out or at least grab a cup of coffee. That's going to do it for this week's episode of the School of Last podcast. Y'all stay safe out there and stay funny. Thanks for listening to the School of Laughs podcast. If you'd like to hear more School of Laughs podcasts, you can find them on iTunes and Stitcher.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. For information on upcoming live and online classes, visit SchoolofLaughs.com. Until next time, stay tuned, stay focused, and stay money.